Welcome to the Truth Hurts Program. Opinions expressed here are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the United States Constitution. We apologize if you are offended, but we retract nothing. I'm Steve Z. Let's get started. Okay, troops, I'm your new platoon leader, Sergeant Joe Friday. I'm going to ask you some basic questions about your loyalty to the United States of America. You might be asking yourselves, why? You took an oath. You did your six weeks of basic training. Hell, you bivouacked a couple of weekends last year and even did a two-week tour at your home state park, practicing setting up barricades and issuing bottled water and face masks. Well, troops... Today, we are preparing for a unique mission to our nation's capital. You National Guard troops have been selected based on your decision to join the Guard instead of the real military. Or you were in the real military and couldn't find a job six or seven years ago when Mr. Obama was president, and this is your only source of income other than being a whopper flopper part-time or you're Ubering. Before we send you to Washington, D.C. for the inauguration... Um, Sergeant? Yes, Private Dimwitty. Um, Sergeant Friday, we took an oath to protect the Constitution, so why are y'all questioning our loyalty now? Because, son, the real leader of our nation has demanded it. Mr. Trump? Our president? No, son, Ms. Pelosi, Ms. Nancy Pelosi, the real leader of our nation. And because you said Trump and president in the same sentence... You are dismissed, soldier. Go home, son. Nancy would say you do not pass our new loyalty test. But, Sergeant... No buts, soldier. Pack it in and head home. Good morning, everybody. It is Tuesday, January 19th, 2021. This is the Truth Hurts Program. My name is Steve Z. I'm the host of this little program that should have been called The Double Standard or The Hypocrisy Connection, but we decided to call it The Truth Hurts Program because many of the things I tell you, boys and girls, are the truth, and no matter whether you like them or not, sometimes the truth hurts. The Double Standard, the hypocrisy, it's still out there, boys and girls. Remember way back to the year 2015? was the last year of the Barack Hussein Obama and gropey Joe Biden administration. The Republicans were looking very hopeful that they would be able to put a candidate forward to beat whomever. Barack Hussein Obama decided to place as his successor. Barack Hussein Obama would just have to make Joe Biden his heir apparent, right? I mean, after all, Biden was his lieutenant. He was second in command. He was one heartbeat away from the presidency, right? Wrong. Barack Hussein Obama insulted Joe Biden by saying, No, Joe, it is not your time, my friend. And besides, we all owe a favor to Hillary Rotten Clinton. And so, they insulted Joe Biden by passing him over and putting that nasty hag Hillary Clinton in as their candidate on the Democrat side. Remember? How would you like to have been Joe Biden to wake up and say, Wait, what what about me, Barack? What about me? Hey, hey, I've been your number two guy the whole time. What the... Ah, hell with it. Remember back in 2015? 
way back to a time when the nation was actually sick and tired of the race-baiting leftist Democrat president and his apology tour and his stuttering lackey, Mr. Biden. Remember that? Remember everyone was sick and tired of all the race-baiting and the pandering, the apologizing for America? Remember when Barack Obama and Joe Biden looked into the camera and said, this nation will never see economic growth above two or three percent ever? Remember when they said, listen, taxes are here to stay? Yeah. Remember how the political Democrat machine made the decision that it would be Hillary Clinton instead of Joe Biden? <laughs> Remember when the nation said, hell no, we don't want that nasty witch in the White House? Remember in 2016, or the end of 2015 rather, when the American people spoke? Remember when it was the Democrats who sat in a joint session of Congress? You don't remember when Democrat senators and Congress people stood up and opposed the Electoral College vote that put Donald Trump into the White House? Of course you don't, because the media has not constantly and continuously reminded you of those facts. But it did happen, boys and girls. In fact, for several days, Democrat senators and House members stood before the vice president gropey Joe Biden, and made false allegations of voter fraud in the election of Donald J. Trump. Remember back then, the media said, well, it was their right and their duty to question any and all incidents of alleged voting irregularities. Russia, 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 remember? The media said it was their constitutional duty to question the validity of the Electoral College vote that put Donald Trump into the White House. The double standard is alive and kicking. Remember during that same period of time when a group of Republicans spent an entire year vying for the position of Republican presidential nominee? Remember John Kasich, Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, Ben Carson, Jeb Bush, Jim Gilmore, Chris Christie, Carly Fiorina, Rick Santorum, Rand Paul, Mike Huckabee? Remember George Pataki, Lindsey Graham, Bobby Jindal, Scott Walker, Rick Perry? You remember all those Republicans who wanted to run against Hillary Clinton and none of them measured up? I remember them all. I remember them well. And many of those Republicans decided, huh, if it can't be me, it sure in the hell ain't going to be Donald Trump. And they formed a group of people known as the Never Trumpers. People who would never accept the fact that an outsider placed an R behind his name and beat them all to the White House. The people of the United States were sick of the family swapping between the Bushes and the Clintons. Papa Bush, Bill Clinton. And then supposedly it was going to be Hillary, but it was George W. Bush. And then it was supposed to be Hillary, but the Democrats said, no, 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 we need to put black men in White House. So they put Barack Hussein Obama, and they told Hillary, we'll let you get in next time. You can run against Jeb Bush. It'll be a true battle of the ages. Well, Hillary was denied. She was beaten by Donald Trump, an outsider with no true political affiliation. 
just a man with an idea, an idealism, a concept, a theory, a theory that you don't have to be a D or an R. But he ran as an R because that's the best way to be a D, at least in 2016. Remember how the people of the United States of America dared to vote for a political newcomer? A man with no ties to partisan political games? A man who could not be bribed or bought and was actually elected by the people? Remember how that man came into office? Remember how he lowered your taxes, my taxes, corporate taxes? Remember how he loosened cumbersome regulation and allowed business to thrive and flourish? Remember how that man, Donald Trump, ushered in the greatest economy in three generations? Remember how that man, Donald Trump, lowered unemployment for white people? And black people? And Hispanic people? And Asian people? And Indian? Uh, feather, not dot. I'm talking about Native Americans. Oh, wait, wait, what's the word now? Political correct, please. Indigenous peoples of the land stolen from them, known as America. Remember how he lowered the unemployment rate to historic low levels? Remember how he was responsible for putting more Americans to work than any other president in history? Especially minorities? Especially the minority? The AA hyphenated Blafrican American community? Nationwide? For three entire years? Remember how that man, Donald Trump, brought back manufacturing jobs to the United States of America? Remember how that man, Donald Trump, made the United States of America energy independent and a net exporter of energy for the first time in over 60 years? Remember how no matter what he did well, the Democrats were standing there making up manufactured crisis after manufactured crisis, false allegation after false allegation, phony accusation after phony accusation, made up corruption scams, false narratives, sham impeachments, Russia, 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 the Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. All of those things were designed by the left, by the Democrats, and unfortunately, by some Republicans who just didn't appreciate the fact that they got their asses handed to them by an outsider. All of those efforts were designed to bring this man down. They were either going to force him to resign, or they were going to try and convict him with impeachment. All of those efforts, of course, failed and failed miserably. Then, knowing that those lies and fake news stories could not, would not, and did not take down Donald Trump, the left introduced a little virus. A flu strain with 0.003% mortality rate of those who tested positive for that particular flu. A death rate smaller than the yearly flu, pneumonia, and 27 other major causes of death in our nation. According to the science, 
according to the statistics, according to the facts, according to the very agency we're supposed to all live and die by, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC. They introduced that little flu virus, the Wuhan, China novel coronavirus of 2019. I say they because we still don't know who actually released it. We do know that the very laboratory, the virology laboratory, where the strain is most likely to have originated, was down the street from a wet market. You know, one of those open-air markets where they sell fish and lamb and chicken and bat wings and vegetables and little trinkets right there in the open. No refrigeration, just flies and maggots everywhere, and people buy that crap and eat it. They tried to blame it on the wet market at first, remember? Someone sell bat in wet market, make a China virus, or make a virus, make a everybody seeker. Then the pictures started to surface of Barack Hussein Obama giving money to the very same Chinese virology lab in Wuhan, where we are pretty damn sure the virus originated, was designed, received a patent, can't patent something that naturally occurs, and then accidentally got released so that maybe we can take down our democracy around the world. They introduced the little flu virus, the Wuhan China novel coronavirus of 2019, and they used the little virus to kill the economy of the world, to drag down democracy and capitalism around the world, and bring our nation, as well as many others, to their collective knees, just so they could find a reason to blame Donald Trump. Now, we all know they couldn't blame Trump for creating or spreading the virus, but they did create the false narrative that Donald Trump sat on his hands and did nothing about the virus. They completely and totally ignored, omitted, and swept under the rug the fact that it was Donald Trump's leadership that shut down travel from China. You know, the point of origin of the Wuhan China novel coronavirus of 2019. They called him a xenophobe. They called him paranoid. Nancy Pelosi said, come on down to Chinatown. Come on, there's no, no worries here. Come on, spend your money in our local economies. The mayor of New York City says, there's nothing to fear here. This president is off his rocker. There's no reason for you to shut in and shut down. Come on down, spend your money. The president called for a travel ban. And while he did so, nasty Nancy Pelosi at the State of the Union address shook her head, made stupid faces, scrunched up her wrinkled ass old face, and tore up her copy of the State of the Union Address. Oh, I remember it like it was yesterday. I remember calling for, on this program, her to be cited for destruction of government property. Because her copy of the State of the Union Address was just that. Government property. No boys and girls. They couldn't blame Donald Trump for creating or spreading the virus. But they did create the false narrative that he did not do anything about the virus. 
They shuttered the entire economy of the United States of America. They forced massive layoffs of people. They forced closures of businesses that they deemed non-essential. They put your family, my family, and every other family into very precarious economic times. They put entire families into poverty, into unemployment, into states of destitution. And they locked people away from family and friends. They kept people from getting very necessary surgeries. People died, not from the Wuhan China novel coronavirus, but of other medical conditions that those people were forced to put aside because they were not COVID-related. All to try and unseat a duly elected president of the United States. They tried for four entire years, non-stop, 24-7, to unseat Donald Trump. And today, boys and girls, is his final day, full day, that is, in office. He has weathered the storm. He has surpassed all expectations. He has kicked the Democrats' collective ass and some Republicans who decided they didn't like him very much. Remember when I warned you way back when, don't trust anyone? Don't trust the Democrats and especially don't trust those Republicans in name only who claim to be supporters of the president, but really were just a bunch of pissed off members of side B of the two-sided coin that is politics in Washington, D.C. Remember when I said trust no one? Remember when I warned you that not all Republicans were the good guys? Remember when I told you that there were some bitter Republicans out there? Republicans who were never going to accept an outsider to head their party? It reminds me of one of those teenage coming-of-age movies, you know, where there are two groups of high school kids who basically disliked each other. But because of mutually assured destruction in the high school social matrix, they tolerated one another. Oh sure, there was a skirmish here and a skirmish there, but in the end, it was Rydell High School all the way. That's the way it used to be. And then, of course, one day a new student comes to town. A new student that both of the groups at the school realized could not be tolerated. After all, that new student came in and that new student was better looking, better at every sport, better in academics. Both groups decided, hey, we hate each other now, but we all need to get together to discredit the new student. And at the end of the movie, the new student is proven to be not accepted by the two social groups, but widely loved and revered by the vast majority of the average everyday students in the school. The captain of the football team didn't like him because he was better. The captain of the chess club didn't like him either because he was better. And the drum major of the band didn't like him either 
because he was better. And instead of accepting the fact that he was better and allowing him to spread the goodwill and his talents among the rest of the students to make Rydell High School the best high school, they spent four years of high school tearing down the new student, making sure that he tripped when he was running, making sure to put jello in his tuba, making sure to make him look like he cheated in the academic decathlon. The outcome, of course, is the entire school suffered for four years when they could have thrived, could have become number one in every sport, every academic event, every aspect of that four-year high school experience. But because the two groups of social elites in the school decided it was their mission to tear down the new student, the entire school suffered. Boys and girls, that is what has happened in America with regard to Donald Trump. It's just like that movie, except the new student was Donald Trump. The two social groups, of course, are the Democrats and the Republicans. And both of those groups really hate Donald Trump and what he stands for. And no matter how bad it makes the school look in general, they made it their mission to discredit the new student every single chance that they had. The draining of the swamp, the four years of a nation having to worry about a president selling out the country to the highest bidder, you know, like China. The ushering in of higher taxes, more handouts, a complete shift towards socialism, communism, Marxism, Nazism, and what will certainly become known as Bidenism is just around the corner because the student has now graduated. Of course, they've made damn sure he doesn't letter. He doesn't get a letter. He doesn't get honors. He certainly won't be listed as the valedictorian. But he will have graduated after today, serving out his full four-year term in office, just like the student who stands at graduation and receives his diploma Donald Trump has made it to the end of his first term, and that's the truth. And to the Democrats and the turncoat Republicans, that truth hurts, and it hurts like hell. We'll be right back. Keeping you informed, keeping you in the loop. Common sense, rational thinking, the truth, and one hell of a sexy voice. The best part of waking up is Steve Z and the Truth Hurts program. Well, boys and girls, while we can still say boys and girls instead of they and them, according to Politico today, Republican support for convicting Trump in the Senate is supposedly growing. Now, I want to start out by saying every news article I read is slanted, very highly biased very, very politically motivated. According to Politico, Republican support for convicting Donald Trump in his Senate impeachment trial has grown in his final days in office, according to a Politico morning consult poll 
released this morning. About 20% of people who identify as being Republicans say they, quote, strongly or, quote, somewhat approve convicting the president, which was conducted January 15th through the 17th. And according to Politico, that is an increase from the previous poll conducted January 8th through 11th, in which 14% of people identifying as Republicans said the same thing. Approval of a conviction remains heavily partisan, as you might expect. 86% of Democrats say they want him out of there. The House impeached Trump last week, charging him with incitement of insurrection after he gave a very benign political speech to his supporters in front of the White House before they, some of them, allegedly stormed the U.S. Capitol. President Trump used vile, terrible words. He told his supporters to, quote, be strong, unquote. Trump defended the speech as totally appropriate. 27% of respondents in the poll say Trump acted appropriately and the Senate should not remove him from office. According to the Politico organization, the poll was released this morning and had a margin of error of plus or minus two percentage points, and they only surveyed less than 2,000 registered voters. Among respondents overall, 55% claim to either strongly or somewhat approve of the Senate convicting Trump. It's a waste of time, of course. Trump's last day is today. It is obvious that a second Senate trial will not take place until after Trump leaves office and after gropey Joe Biden is sworn in on Wednesday. Ten turncoat House Republicans, likely scared to death because they're in very sketchy Republican districts that are going to fall in the next election anyway, voted to convict Trump last week along with most of the Democrats. Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell supposedly has signaled that he is open to convicting. Another turncoat. Well, you'll see, I don't have to listen to Donald Trump anymore, and I don't like him very much, and so this would be a way to screw with him after he leaves office. Trump's approval rating rebounded a bit this past week, according to that poll, at 39%. After the House impeached Trump last week, 44% of these respondents say that they somewhat approve of Pelosi's handling of the proceedings. So far less than half of the nation approves of Nasty Nancy. And of course, it's all designed to keep Donald Trump from running again in 2024, either as a Republican or what is more and more likely to occur as a new third-party candidate to oppose the swamp on both sides. And of course, they cannot leave the man alone. According to Business Insider, Trump is starting his last full day in office today hiding from the public and plotting to steal Biden's thunder as his approval ratings plummet to historic lows. Of course, Business Insider didn't do the research they needed to do before they wrote such a stupid headline. Now I'll have some real-world translation of this hit piece I'm about to read to you. 
Remember when journalism was just the facts, the who, the what, the when, and the where kind of things? How and why were just opinion? Those days are long gone. The heavily biased media has to put their spin on everything, and everything is political. This following piece from Business Insider is just an example of the multitude of garbage being spewed by the so-called journalists in media. The article starts out, President Trump is starting his last full day in office hiding from the public and with his lowest approval ratings ever. I'll stop that. President Trump is starting his last full day in office not bothering to give you folks in the media any opportunities to continue bashing him. And as for his lowest approval ratings ever, I just told you that the latest opinion polls have his approval ratings up from last week. So stop lying, media. The article continues. President-elect Joe Biden's inauguration is due to take place on Wednesday in a ceremony that Trump said he won't attend, making him the first president since 1869 to buck the tradition. Listen, they've spent four years tearing this man down. They've spent four years screwing with him. They've spent four years trashing every word he says. Why the hell would he want to go? and sit there and watch this guy who stole the election be inaugurated. Can't blame him. I'd stay the hell home too. I'd rather watch paint dry. I'd rather watch grass grow. I'd rather watch just about any old Three Stooges rerun than to watch this clown Joe Biden take office. I don't blame Trump one single bit for not wanting to attend. The article continues. Trump has also largely vanished from public life in the final days of his presidency. Well, do you blame him? You asshats are chasing him around, pointing fingers and making up lies and false accusations. Why the hell would he want to? If it were me, my last few days in the presidency, I'd be getting my young selfie levels up right there. I'd be taking all kinds of pictures of me in the White House for posterity's sake. The hell with everyone. The man is a billionaire. You think he really gives a rat's narrow, tight, furry little ass what you, low life, less than 30,000 a year media types, say about him? Come on. Come on, man. According to this article, since some of his supporters staged a deadly riot at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th, the president has not made a single public appearance. I'll translate that for you. Since a few radicals on the left and a few on the right decided to storm the Capitol and shuffle a few papers around and make no real physical threat to a single soul in that building. Since a Capitol police officer panicked and shot and murdered in cold blood a white woman named Ashley Babbitt, the president has decided, you know what? I don't need to make any more public appearances. Whatever I say, whatever I do, they're going to slant it. They're going to put bias against it. And they're going to say what they're going to say. So I might as well not give them anything to say. I'll just stay the hell away from their stupid cameras. You know what else has stayed away from their stupid cameras? 
any mention of the veteran, the armed services hero, Ashley Babbitt, and her senseless murder by a panicked, unprepared Capitol Police officer who drew his weapon on an unarmed white female, gunned her down in cold blood. She had nothing in her hands, not a cell phone, not a stapler, not a baseball bat, certainly not an assault rifle. She was totally and completely unarmed, and this loser cop gunned her down, murdered her in cold blood, and you will never hear another word about it except on this program and perhaps one or two other conservative media outlets. Nope, there will never be a march for Ashley. There will never be a large memorial for Ashley. There will never be riots for Ashley. There will never be a call for justice for Ashley Babbitt. There will not be a media firestorm against the cop, the cowardly cop, who was so scared of an unarmed white woman that he decided to murder her in cold blood for walking, for daring to walk on the steps of the Capitol. Back to the article. His aides have described him as angry and isolated in the White House. CNN reported late last week that aides had decided to limit his appearances before the media in case he veers from scripted comments about the riot. Yeah, I highly doubt that. Number one, anyone who knows Donald Trump, anyone who has seen him, knows that he's not reading scripted anything. And if he wants to say something, he's not going to listen to his aides. He's not going to listen to some wannabes who say, uh, Donald, you might not want to walk out there and say anything right now. It might give fuel for the fire to, to impeach you. <laughs> Donald Trump would tell them to kiss his ass. If he wanted to speak, trust me, boys and girls, he would have spoken. The article continues. The attack and Trump's response saw him isolated from many in the Republican Party and in his own cabinet. A number of top officials have resigned in the wake of the riot, leaving him largely alone in the White House. Yeah, a bunch of turncoat traitorous people only worried about their own asses, their own reputations, and their own hides decided to go ahead and bail out. Guess what? Cabinet members left under Obama as well. They left under Clinton. They left under Bush. They left under Reagan. They left under the other Bush. Hell, cabinet members have left before the end of a presidency throughout the history of our nation. Way to go biased, media. The article continues. The House impeached him for a historic second time over his role in inciting the Capitol mob last week. And now he faces impeachment trial in the Senate. His role? His role? Again, and I'll say it again, and I'm sure you're sick and tired of hearing it, Donald Trump had no role in inciting a damn thing on January 6th. His speech was benign. It was peaceful. It was, hey, thank you all for supporting me and being here for me. But it's probably too late, boys and girls. 
because they've rigged the game. They've gamed the system. Thank you for your support. God bless you. God bless the United States of America. And look, I know y'all are all heading over there to the Capitol building. He didn't call for them to do anything violent. He just said, thanks for your support. Keep it up. We appreciate it. Then the article chooses which particular poll numbers from weeks before that it wanted to publish to support their lie that he is now at an all-time low. And then it says, while his accounts were removed from social media websites like Facebook and Twitter, Trump has still not turned to other platforms like the White House briefing room. So what? He's decided, screw it, no matter what I say, what I do, how I act, how I look, you're going to find a way to trash it, so I'm not going to give you any more fuel for your stupid little fire. Then near the bottom it says, Vice President Mike Pence has taken Trump's place in many of the ceremonial tasks that presidents typically do before leaving office, like attending an inauguration briefing. And Trump's official schedule for his last full day in office mirrors the same vague entry he has had in place over the past weeks. Quote, President Trump will work from early in the morning until late in the evening. He will make many calls and have many meetings, unquote. That's what you do when you're the last few days in your job. You call people and you say, hey, man, thanks for your support throughout the years. Hey, I wish you the best. Hey, listen, if you ever need anything, give me a holler. Okay, thank you for your support. He has many calls to make and many meetings to do. That's fact. But the media would rather focus on their opinion, devoid of relevant facts. We'll be right back. The Truth Hurts Program with Steve C. So you might be asking yourself, what are Gropey Joe's first plans for ruining our nation? According to Reuters, Biden plans to reverse Trump policies during his first days in office. But the economy was doing so well. That doesn't matter. I want to tear it down. I'm Joe Biden. I approve this message. <laughs> U.S. President-elect Joe Biden plans to sign dozens of executive orders and send sweeping bills to Congress during his first days in office, according to Reuters, aiming to roll back some of Donald Trump's signature policies on immigration and climate change while taking action to ramp up the government's response to the coronavirus. Stop. Hold on. Stop the article. When Donald Trump sought to reverse Obama-era policies, the media was up in arms, speaking about how evil Donald Trump would be if he reversed any of the great Barack Hussein Obama's policies. Oh, it's horrible. Oh, it's unprecedented. Oh, it should never, ever happen. But now that Gropey Joe is seeking to reverse some of Donald Trump's policies by, as they say, dozens of executive orders and sweeping bills to Congress. That's okay. It's perfectly okay, boys and girls, because it's Joe Biden. Here's a list, according to Reuters, of what to expect. This according to interviews with several of Gropey Joe's advisors, a recent review of campaign promises made, and a recent memo by the president-elect's incoming puppet master, chief of staff, Ron Klain. Remember, Joe Biden is the sleepy, creepy, mopey, dopey puppet of someone 
So they have to put someone in there to pull his strings. The marionette. According to Reuters, Gropey Joe will be seeking a $1.9 trillion spending proposal aimed at accelerating distribution of the Wuhan China novel coronavirus vaccine and providing economic relief to Americans hurt by the pandemic. Somebody has to pay for this. He will impose a mask wearing requirement on all federal property, all airplanes, trains, and buses. Mandate you will wear the mask. <laughs> the mask will prevent all coronavirus from spreading, even though everyone's wearing masks and the coronavirus is still spreading. Hmm. But that's okay. He will extend relief on federal student loan payments and extend the eviction moratorium. Oh, if you own rental property, I feel deeply for you. People are out there spending their COVID money on televisions and tennis shoes. They're not paying their rent, but that's okay. Biden said so. Biden is set to sign an executive order to help schools and businesses reopen safely, expand coronavirus testing, and establish clearer public health standards for dealing with the Wuhan China novel coronavirus of 2019. Here's my question. How is spending millions and billions of dollars going to help schools and businesses reopen safely? I'll leave that one for you guys to figure out. He is also supposed to direct federal agencies to take immediate action to deliver economic relief to working families bearing the brunt of the crisis. Don't know what the hell that means, but there it is. He will also return the United States to the World Health Organization. Remember, Trump withdrew from the agency, saying it had failed to properly oversee the COVID-19 pandemic. And he was right. If it were properly overseeing the COVID-19 pandemic, would we really be in the state we're in now? But nope, that's okay. Gropey Joe wants to just turn us over to the WHO again. The agency that failed us miserably to begin with on a global scale. In regard to the climate, Gropey Joe has pledged to bring the United States back into the Paris Climate Accord. You know, that global pact forged five years ago to avoid the impacts of so-called climate change, the agency or group that seeks to tax every droplet of carbon that you emit and then take the money and nobody knows do what with it. Nobody knows. As an aside, I worked in Australia a few years ago and I remember Julia Gillard was the Prime Minister of Australia. I remember during that time they were trying to implement a carbon tax but no one knew where the tax money was going. There were no plans on how to spend the tax money that would put multiple corporations out of business, raise prices, and supposedly curb people driving evil gasoline-powered cars. To this day, they still do not know where any of that money went. I'm sure it went into the back pockets of some politician. Joe Biden will reimpose methane pollution limits for new and existing oil and gas operations that were repealed by Trump. Yes, boys and girls, the price of gasoline will be going up. The price of diesel will be going up. The price of electricity will be going up. 
Joe Biden will be using the federal government procurement system, which spends $500 billion every year. He'll be using that system to make facilities more reliant on wind and solar and to purchase zero emission vehicles. Now I'm going to stop for a moment. There are no zero emissions vehicles. If you're talking about an electric car, that electric car runs on electricity, which is produced by a power generation plant. And that power generation plant most likely operates on coal, oil, or natural gas. The emissions produced by those power generation stations will have to increase if more electricity has to be produced to run your stupid little electric cars. Listen, if they could come out with an electric car and some way of powering that electric car, and that car was the same price as a gasoline car, and that same car that runs on electricity was as powerful and reliable as a gasoline-powered car, I might consider getting one if I commuted 31 miles each day, each direction. But I have a large 40-foot toy hauler fifth-wheel travel trailer. It's my home away from home, my office away from home, my studio away from home. Can't pull that with an electric car, not more than about four blocks. Joe Biden's proposal says he will ban all new oil and gas permits on any public land or waterway, including the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge Federal Waters. He is also going to cancel the permit for the Keystone Pipeline. That's already been built for the most part, like what, 90% complete? Well, he's going to cancel a permit, but we're done. Just leave it sitting out there. Let it rust away. We don't need it. I'm going to cancel the Keystone Pipeline. Cancel it. Let's talk about immigration for a moment. Joe Biden will repeal the ban on almost all travel from Muslim-majority countries. <laughs> They're coming, boys and girls. They're coming. He is sending to Congress a sweeping immigration bill that will legalize millions of illegal aliens currently living in the United States of America. It's in his plan. It's written right here. I'm looking at it. He will reinstate the program allowing dreamers, you know, people who were brought to the United States illegally as children. He's going to reinstate the program that allows them to remain in the country. A further burden on your tax dollars. He will reverse Trump's policy that separated immigrant parents from their children at the border. Stop. That was Joe Biden and Barack Hussein Obama's program. They built the cages. They separated the children from their parents or people claiming to be their parents who used those children to illegally cross into the United States. It was Joe Biden and his mentor, Barack Hussein Obama, who implemented the program of separating immigrant parents from their children at the border. Do not be fooled into thinking that it was Trump's idea. Sorry, 
as I was saying. He will reverse the policy that separated immigrant parents from their children at the border, including ending of prosecution of parents for minor immigration violations and prioritize the reunification of any children who are still separated from their families. In other words, welcome to America. It's okay to violate our laws. And if you think it's okay to violate our immigration laws, that gives you a free pass to violate any other damned law that you please. And guess what? We're not going to prosecute you for doing so. We're not going to deport you. We're not going to put you in detention. Welcome to America. Don't forget to vote Democrat. Biden is also set to reverse Trump's more restrictive asylum policies, such as imposing additional restrictions on anyone traveling through Mexico or Guatemala attempting to prevent victims of gang and domestic violence from receiving asylum. Okay, you want to get into the United States? Here's what you do. First of all, break into Mexico. We don't care if you're coming from Guatemala. We don't care if you're coming from any other country, Honduras, whatever. If you want to come to America, here's how you do it. You get a whole gang of people together. Then you walk in a caravan. We'll provide you with food and water along the way, but we can't be seen, you know, bussing you in. But we'll basically help it make it very comfortable for you to come on over. Now, remember, 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 you have to vote Democrat. When you get the right to vote, and even if you don't have the right to vote, just go ahead and vote, vote Democrat. We're going to give you food, we're going to give you water, we're going to give you shelter. When you get to the border, all you have to do is say, I am claiming asylum. I was raped and beaten in my own country. I would like to come to the country of the United States because I'm looking for asylum. And they'll let you in. Joe Biden will let you in. Come on, call your friends, call your relatives, call your neighbors. Everyone, party on the long walk to the United States of America. And since it's wintertime, doesn't matter in Central America, doesn't matter down in Mexico, it's still nice and warm, but not too hot. Biden's plan will end Trump's national emergency declaration that allowed him to shift federal funds from the Department of Defense to build the very necessary wall along the U.S. border with Mexico. Stop the wall, stop the production, everybody. Joe Biden's here. Stop it, just don't worry about it. Hey, give these people directions on how to walk around the wall. Just show, show them where to go. Biden will order an immediate review of the temporary protected status for vulnerable populations who cannot find any safety in their own countries that have been ripped apart by their own violence and their own man-caused disasters. We're going to import violence. We're going to import all of these unskilled people to our country. Then we're going to give them tax revenue. We're going to take care of them. As long as they vote Democrat, we're going to continue to support them. That, boys and girls, is the Biden plan. This is the Truth Hurts program. Here's your host, Steve Z. And it is predicted, and somewhat welcomed from my standpoint, that the Fox News media dominance will come to an end shortly after gropey Joe Biden is inaugurated. For four years now, the Fox News Channel has enjoyed being at the top of the ratings heap for all of the so-called news media outlets. But now, unless they go back to their originating roots of bashing the bad policies of a Democrat president, looks like their ratings will continue to tumble without Donald Trump to prop up or in their last 11 months to tear down 
It looks like the Fox News Channel has relegated themselves to just being another also-ran, along with the CNNs, the MSNBCs, the CNBCs, the ABC, CBS, NBCs of the world. When you stop being loyal to your base, you lose ratings. It's just the way it is. How many of you would be listening to the Truth Hurts program if tomorrow I started suckling at the teat of Barack Hussein Obama, gropey Joe Biden, camel toe Harris, nasty Nancy Pelosi, Chuckles Schumer, Adam Schiff, or any of these other asshat clowns on the Democrat side? How many of you would be sending me texts, emails, and tweets and saying, that's it, Steve Z. I'm done. You have turned to the dark side. I'm through with you. I would have 0.00 listeners. There'd be no sense in me doing the program whatsoever. That's what's happened over at Fox. They started turning on the Republicans. They started turning on the president. They started turning on the conservative values that brought them to the top of the top of the ratings game. Losing more and more and more viewers each and every week, each and every ratings period, they learned absolutely nothing. No lesson, no moral of the story. They just continue to drop. Good riddance to bad rubbish. If you're wondering where Donald Trump is today, don't wonder. He is still your president today. It is my sincere hope, though, that he resigns Today, steps down today at 12 noon. First, the headlines would all turn the attention away from gropey Joe Biden and directly onto Donald Trump. A collective kiss my ass tour would begin. The announcement that he is stepping down so he can no longer be impeached. He's stepping down. He's resigning. The Democrats could say, yay, we did it on the very last day. But it would leave Donald Trump open to be able to run again in 2024. He could put Mike Pence into the office of the presidency today at 12 noon. That would make Mike Pence the 46th president of the United States, effectively making all of those clowns who are going to be running around with Biden 46 t-shirts and hats and flags and banners irrelevant. They'd have to throw him in the trash. Because Biden would not be 46th, he would be 47. But Mike Pence could go one step further. Two hours, three hours, four hours before the last day in office, he too could step down. And then Nancy Pelosi would become the president, the first female president. <laughs> 48. She'd probably decline, though, and it would be Chuck Grassley for the last four hours. But either way, what a shit show that would be. If Donald Trump resigned today, Pence took over and then resigned later today, it would screw up every t-shirt, every hat, every flag, every banner, every poster board, every sign. News outlets would have to redo all their graphics. Everything would have to change. Oh, it would be phenomenal. Phenomenal. That's going to do it for this morning's edition of the Truth Hurts program. Go out there and make it a great day, everybody. Enjoy your last day of freedom with Donald J. Trump as your president. Get ready to draw the curtains, hide your guns, hide your ammunition. 
because a change is indeed on the way, and I do not see it as a change for the better. Meanwhile, down at the permit department at City Hall... Next! Yeah, look here. I'll let me get a permit to do some protesting down by the police station this Saturday morning with about 400 of my homies, you heard? What's the purpose of your protest, baby? Uh, we want to protest the treatment of black folks by Donald Trump. Political affiliation, darling? Uh, we vote Democrat, you heard? I mean, you know, who else I'm going to vote for, a girl? Any other affiliations? Yeah, look here. BLM, Antifa, Infact, Black Bloc, Reparations Now, the New Panthers, you know, all of them. I'll be hanging with everybody, you heard? Okay, your permit's approved, darling. And don't forget to keep voting D in the next election. Helps me to keep my job down here at the permit department, you heard? Yay, sister, I heard you. Next! Um, good morning. I would like to apply for a permit to do some public activism work in the city. Some what? Some political what? Uh, pardon me. I'm seeking an application to obtain a permit so that some of my colleagues and contemporaries can participate in a redress of grievances against certain activities that we do not condone, subscribe to, or affirm. Look, mister, I don't know what you just be said, but it sounds like y'all finna get violent in public, so I'm gonna have to deny your permit. Is there someone I can speak to, ma'am? We've mentioned no violence, no disorder whatsoever. We simply would like to address our grievances in a peaceable assembly. It's our constitutional right. Look, baby, you're going to have to stay right here and wait on my supervisor. Don't you move now, you heard? It was at that moment that he knew he was screwed. Several police officers came out and escorted him from the building. He was never seen again. Welcome to America. Thank you for listening to The Truth Hurts with Steve Z. We look forward to our next visit. Opinions expressed here are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. We apologize if you were offended, but we retract nothing. Background music credits to Jason Shaw and Audionautics. This program was produced at Studio 63, copyright 2021, all rights reserved. We'll see you next time.